0: Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks for joining me here today on The Communication Architect. Each week, we'll share content that will empower you to grow your personal leadership capacity through the development of communication competencies that build emotional health and relational resilience. We'll unpack some practical applications of interpersonal, intrapersonal, family, and organizational communication, and we'll connect with stories of transformation that will inspire you to achieve personal and social change. Now, let's build the scaffolding you need to become a communication architect. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and if you're new to the show, we're in a season where we're unpacking American education. Be sure to scroll back on my podcast for some tips on breaking free from the system, getting started on the parent directed journey, some interviews with new and lifelong homeschoolers, and a whole lot of research that I hope will equip and inspire you for the road ahead. We've been talking about the 10 toxic traits of the public school environment. And today we're interviewing homeschool mom, Evie Sorensen. Evie, it's great to have you on the show with us today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your family, your homeschool journey? What what was the catalyst for you that got you thinking about homeschooling?
1: Yes. So, I have three boys, 3, 5 and 7. They're all aging up, so it's going to be 4, 6 and 8 here soon. And I actually had told my husband when we were courting that I wanted to homeschool our kids in junior high. I was homeschooled in junior high and it was an excellent experience for me. I thought I think it's a really wonderful opportunity to have your kids home, have them close. And to really take that time to connect with them, it just was not in my plan to have that happen starting in kindergarten. So the pandemic really accelerated that for our family and also God working on my heart. I didn't know that my husband had felt called to homeschool our family before our oldest went into public kindergarten. He kind of kept that to himself and was praying on that. Um, And it was God working on me for that to shift.
0: That's so amazing. I love that. Now, you already had kind of a background in education when you started homeschooling, tell us a little bit about maybe some of the the differences you see, maybe some of the things you're using now. How did you know what to leave and what to keep and use in your own home?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Yes, I have my master's in education, elementary teaching credential, as well as a mathematics certificate. And I will straight up tell you, it has done me very little good. (laughs) I had to unlearn so much that was programmed in my brain being as a public school teacher, Um, to how to actually educate my own children, this individual gift that God gave me, not 30 kids that have all these varying backgrounds. Mm -hmm. It was really this time to hone in on what was really important for our family. And um, now I will say that my background has helped me, (laughs) but it's also helped me tell parents, hey, I feel completely incapable and I have all this, you know, education. So if I feel inadequate, it's okay if you do too, we can do this together. That's so good. That's obviously, you know,
0: that's one of the most common refrains we hear from parents yes. is I don't feel capable. I need an expert. And of course it doesn't matter where they mm-hmm. are on that threshold. They, they that, that feeling is really similar across the board because of the expert culture that we've all placed yeah. in. Now you share a lot with our families about the difference homeschooling makes for students with learning disabilities. So talk a little bit about uh, that's definitely a concern a question we get mm-hmm. from a lot of parents tell yeah. us a little bit about that process of discovery for you um, your realm of influence and 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 uh, your family as well
1: Yes. So my middle son, since the age of seven, has been getting early intervention services that are state funded. We have infant education, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, everything, the whole bit. He was in early childhood special education, a preschool. And really, at that time, we were partnering with the public education system because we didn't know what to do. We had no resources. We felt inadequate. We felt incapable. But it was an infant educator actually that introduced me to play-based learning and told me we're here for an hour a week and you're here for 24 hours a day everything that you do outside of our time together is what's going to make the biggest difference for him and i really held on to that and i really just grasped onto that concept that like i'm important in his life i'm more important than what they're doing i'm really grateful for her for sharing that with me and as far as homeschooling it wasn't I, I kind of was on the fence of if he was gonna be homeschooled in junior high or not, our original plan, because I felt like I didn't have the resources. And it really took some time for me to understand that the public school system is not originally set up for children with disabilities. It wasn't until 1975 when IDEA legislation was passed that it was required for students with disabilities to be educated alongside their peers. And so the whole system from the beginning was never set up for them. It's not set up for children that are struggling or that are high achievers. Mm. It's set up for the average. And I think that's a really important thing to notice about our kids, is sometimes kids that have, quote unquote, a disability dyslexia, let's say, or dysgraphia with mathematic challenges, they might excel in an area that the public school system won't let them excel in because they're so focused on their deficiencies. So homeschooling for me with my son has really been this opportunity to reconnect together as a family and understand what our priorities are for him because no teacher is going to be there when he's 30 sitting with me, helping me. It's me. So I have to know how God's gifted me to help him and listen to the Holy Spirit in how I can best help him and what resources I need to gather for him and what's important for our family. So I encourage any family that has a student that has learning difference to really, really think deeply. If that school system that they're in, if they're in the public school system is actually set up to have them achieve all that they're capable of by the time they reach 18, I don't think that many kids would say, many parents of those kids would say, yes, that's what it's Mm -hmm. that's what it's for, for them. That's so good. That's such
0: a powerful testimony and I love that you're thinking through the lens of research, experiential data your your family data the observations you've made and i love that it it, it just brings the sense of freedom and capacity and agency to families when they mm-hmm. realize there is yeah. no one who will love my child more than i will there's yes. no one who knows my child more than i do and what i love i'm one of the many things i love about just the homeschool methodologies having that investment of time and focus into our children's mm-hmm. lives where we really can Get to know who they are who god's created them to be, and I was just yeah. talking this morning about uh the whole training up a child in proverbs twenty two and how really mm-hmm. that 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 training of of who God is and what pleases God and that that comes through us that's a that moral training character training is 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 ours and if we're entrusting yeah. our children to people who don't have their best interests at heart spiritually educationally, emotionally academically or their values differ from ours then The outcome of that educational system is going to be really different at the end of the, at the end of the game. I love that you talked about, you know, one of the topics you and I talk about frequently is that (laughs) play-based learning piece. And it's really a struggle for American parents. I talked in an earlier show about Piaget's American question, how he would get, he was just so surprised by Americans always being in such a hurry to get their kids to grow up and they wanted everything to be adult focused and there was no play-based learning even though we know developmentally the science tells us this is the best methodology for for learning in the early years and uh, and some of the systems even 0 through 8 is uh, is more the mm-hmm. play-based focus. So talk to us a little bit about um your jump into play-based learning. I know you got that early that early kind of um encouragement, yeah, yeah, which is awesome. How how long did it take for that to take root and
1: kind of how do you even implement that? That's a great question. It definitely took a long time for it to take root. And even having that exposure, it didn't really impact my view for my older son, who's almost eight. We homeschooled him in preschool. Um, before sending him to public kindergarten during the pandemic. So I was all about having him have high academic achievement before he went to the public school system. He needs to be reading. He needs to have all these math facts memorized so that I felt like I did a good job preparing him for kindergarten. And I kind of threw out what I knew was best. And we really had some hard struggles together because I was so focused on getting him to read. And it really damaged, it actually damaged our relationship. Um, It created this experience where he felt like he was going to be wrong and I was upset and he wasn't, you know, it was this really unpleasant experience for both of us. And so it completely backfired for me. And we've had to really work on healing that attachment and working together and having a positive experience when he's practicing, you know, schoolwork stuff, but really play based learning. I kind of tell parents and I'm talking, talking to them because there's this misconception that it's just like all free play. And really it can be this parent initiated and directed activity where connection is involved and you're targeting a multitude of skills. My best example is Candyland. Candyland is a non-strategic game where kids don't actually have to have strategy when they're you know playing. So it Give some more freedom for any kid can win, but um, they're learning so much through just playing Candyland. They're learning how to take turns. They're learning sportsmanship. They're learning counting, colors, also prediction. Oh, if I grab a red and it has a two, I can move further and I can actually get past my you know friend that I'm playing against. Um, and it creates connection. Hopefully, as parents play games with their children, they have fun and it just creates this really positive learning environment where. You have the voice to speak in when they're ready for more challenge and, hey, we're playing Uno. Like, what do you think would happen if you played this card instead of that card? And learning can happen so much more organically and in a connective way in those early years through play-based learning. That is amazing. And I think the simplicity of that
0: throws parents because, again, this expert culture that makes us think everything has yeah. to be this high bar academia focused at the age of four. And then we look at the studies and we realize, okay, yes, at first they look like they're ahead, but by 4th grade they've evened out, even no, not, yeah. behind because like you said, yeah. it pits the relational piece, it pits us against each other and they lose the most important quality which is the joy of learning. We need mm-hmm. that joy and that wonder yeah. in order to carry through with that, you know, the 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 intrinsic motivation that's required for lifelong learning. And so it's it's such a it's such a terrible bait and switch for parents. And so I love that you've brought that experientially into the Awaken Academy classroom, I love that you um, are, are seeing the fruit of that in your own life as well. Just really, um, just really, such a tremendous, uh, such a tremendous blessing that is. What are some of the some of the successes you've seen in the Awaken Academy classroom as a result of introducing the play based learning concept or any of the models that you're working with right now with early childhood?
1: Yeah, I think what I've seen most is children reconnecting with each other. I feel like during the pandemic there was a lot of um, disconnection, um, families were kind of just trying to survive. And so kiddos really missed what would be typical and normal, which is just playing together and working through disagreements and parents being able to help shape their children's behavior and connection with others. That piece has absolutely been something we've seen fruit, um, this past semester in as well as parents really becoming, agents in their child's education and feeling capable and feeling more qualified. I would say a lot of our families are still working on like feeling like they can do this. But when we have this model where we're sitting down and we're just reading together and we do popcorn style reading in our academy classroom sometimes where parents read a page and we pass it on. And there's some parents that would feel absolutely terrified to read in front of a group. Um, I think a lot of that is because of their past education, right, believing right. that this is a competition right. and I'm not going to be perfect and worried about failing. Right. And so we just dispel all of that. I make so many mistakes when I'm leading our class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, that was a flop. Let's move on. We can readjust perfect. and just modeling that flexibility and that learning environment where parents are learning to I'm learning and it's okay to make mistakes because that's how we learn. That's what I've seen in the preschool environment as well as, um, the the programs at awaken academy for pre-k and kinder are really geared towards educating parents more than the kids and helping them awaken that desire to homeschool and feeling like they're gaining some skills um we've seen that happen a lot more where parents are now like oh i have this idea what do you think about trying this out at home i'm like yeah go for it try it out give me feedback tell me how that goes i like to do that too we just create a community where there's no expert we're all learning together and we all lean on each other for, for different things. I love that because you're really
0: breaking off the live, of the expert culture. And so for those in yeah. our listening audience who are part of our the Homeschool Academy trend, where we're starting these Homeschool Academies in San Diego County, this is such a great model for breaking off the expert culture. And, and, and some of us might think, really, a parent is afraid to read aloud in class, but that's a, that's a marker mm-hmm. of what's happened. Our parents have been educated in the public system. They've grown yeah. up in the same fruit. And so they have this mentality of not being good enough. There's a, there's a, just a significant sense of the lack of worth and capacity really in parents. And so, um, you know, you and I talked about some of the trends that we're noticing Mm -hmm. in parenting and education today. Um, I was talking with a teacher in our district down here in Chula Vista, and she was saying that, uh, one of the patterns that they're using in their public school classroom is, um, called evacuation. If they have a child who's uh, venting, he's very angry, mm-hmm. they evacuate all the other students and they just let this child run around in like a tornado, tear up everything. Yep. And so this, <laughs> this is an extreme case of that lack of discipline. But what are some of the, some of the trends that you're noticing right now in parenting and education that could be really damaging to children like mm-hmm. that one could yeah. be in the long run?
1: Yeah. Definitely deferring to experts, believing the lie that we are incapable of becoming experts in our own children. Um, We see that a lot with parents. Also, I feel like so many parents will lean and rely on popular parenting books to gain wisdom and understanding about how to parent their children instead of searching and poring over the Word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to convict them. I'm absolutely for, like, I love reading. I love gaining knowledge. I'm all about parenting books. However, if we don't have a really firm biblical foundation and understanding of what God's word says. And we've really poured over and done like maybe an inductive study on the word discipline. I did that okay. a while ago, like every single instance that it was mentioned in the Bible. I read that verse. I really dug into it to understand like, okay, God, how are you calling me to disciple and discipline my children? And what does that look like in our family with the kids you have given us? Cause there's no blank answer for that. So good. That is so family by family. And if you're not leaning into the Holy Spirit, you will be completely off track because you're going to be persuaded by philosophies of this world. Colossians 2, 8 through 10 says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ and you know, I think that's a really important mindset as parents are delving into homeschooling because there's so many quote unquote experts in the homeschooling community even. And so we think, oh man, I'm going to get into this person's podcast. I'm going to buy all her books. I'm going to become just like her. And we've made an idol out of that person or that philosophy instead of understanding the God-given calling on our lives to really, this is our home and our kids, and there is absolutely not going to be one parenting book, one parenting philosophy, even one pastor that has authority to tell you what to do in your own home. That's you and God and the Bible. And I just see that it's it's seeped into my own parenting in the past, and I'm really holding the line with that in our family and really encouraging parents to Dive into the Bible, dive into God's word, and to yes, take advice when you feel like it's important, but that has to be filtered through the Holy Spirit. So that's what I see. Hopefully, that's so powerful. Answer.
0: That's so powerful. And obviously, a lot of the cultural challenges that we're facing are a result of the biblical illiteracy, the historical yeah. illiteracy even the, just the breakdown of the American family where we haven't been passing the baton from one generation to the other. And so just really an unbelievable harvest of tragic fruit from depression, anxiety, Mm -hmm. atheism, suicide ideation. I mean, you're seeing it across the board. And so I'm very excited about this trend of people leaving the indoctrination centers of the public schools Mm -hmm. and getting home, getting home, getting their kids home, connecting their hearts together, seeing uh, we've talked on the show before about that thaw, that relational thaw, relational reset, that really it, mm-hmm. it happens in that first, um, you know, first six months of homeschooling. What for you have been some of your most important personal revelations about the method? Because like me, you were trained in instructional design in the, in the public sector. And, um, and wow, yeah. it's so eye-opening to look back and think, think of all the teachers that were taught just like we were, yeah. and we have to unlearn all of that to be effective. Yeah as educators, it's ironic. Mm -hmm. What have been some of your most important personal revelations about the methodology?
1: Yeah. So one of the most important things for me was a mom told me really work on de-schooling once they come home. I was like, I don't know what that means. So (laughs) I like, you know, researched that a little bit and was like, oh, I'm not like replacing what they had at public school with school at home, the way I see fit. I'm letting them invest in their passions Good. explore play connect we're sitting together we're reading i'm not having this agenda in the back of my mind of education and that was for the first i think like 4 weeks that my kiddos came home we did that and that had a tremendous impact on then when it was time to start like sitting down and doing math at the table together right. because we were connected and so that was been a huge revelation for me as well as we get to truly truly disciple our children now. And I am seeing that every day. We have a morning, well, not every day, most days (laughs) we have a morning time where we um, sing doxology together. We pray and we memorize scripture and we memorize a poem and then we end with a patriotic song that we're Love learning. Love it. And yes, and that's been like eye opening to me. Like We were not doing that when my kids were in public school and we had Bible time at night and we would have my husband read scripture with my older son. But like, this is a family thing that we get to do together now. And my three-year-old, <laughs> we memorized the Ten Commandments and to see him start to internalize the word of God and to ask me when he's made a mistake and he sinned mom did I break one of the 10 commandments I'm like yeah you did buddy like you lied (laughs) and that makes God's heart sad and we can't do this by ourselves because we're sinful but there's a plan God gave us a plan to be able to have those conversations with my kids is absolutely priceless I would rather have the opportunity to do that and like academics get kind of like ignored for a little bit than to have all this like high academic achievement come straight from the public school system into our home.
0: Yeah. It's the, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but lose his soul? Um, Yeah. And I think that, and that even that, when we look at the quote academia coming out of the public system, of course we're, you know, 30th in the world in math and you know, all of our stats are terrible. So what actually are they learning? What actually is the benefit? (laughs) It's really children being sacrificed on the altar of convenience at the end of the day. And so there's really no, there's no rhyme or reason to it other than it's, what we've always done, (laughs) but it's time. It's time for parents to step out and wake up um, to the, to the tragedy of what's really happening Mm -hmm. all around us. What's maybe the biggest way you'd say homeschooling has changed your family?
1: I would say uh, probably my husband and I being more connected and on the same page. We've had so many more conversations together. And I feel like that's just the center and the foundation of every family is the marriage and the marriage being based on, on scripture and on the Lord and having this covenant relationship together the the parent the kids get to see modeled daily that's been the honestly the biggest change in our family because that's going to influence everything um and then just my kids they love playing together now like they would fight constantly once they came down you know came home from school um during the pandemic i was like i'm going to lose my mind (laughs) and just having the understanding okay we have to do this like we couldn't Nobody could put them back in school, right. and so we worked through that. And they're friends now. And my son, who's five, who has learning differences, is learning from his three-year-old brother how to like play pretend puppies. And it's just this. I feel like our family is so much more connected. And yes, they still fight. They're boys. Um, yes, they're wild. But like we've had so much more relational reattachment that's happened mm-hmm. since they've come home between the brothers, between my husband and I, and just our whole family.
0: Absolutely beautiful. What a testimony to God's goodness and this incredible methodology. It's been such a joy to have you on the show today, EB. Thank you so much oh, for thank you.
1: sharing, for
0: encouraging our listeners on the homeschool journey. You are an absolute gem. And I'm so thankful to have you at Awaken Academy, investing into the lives of the next generation and their parents. Really powerful. If you're new to the show or if you're homeschooling for the first time, you can scroll back for some episodes, interviews, and tips of the trade. And be sure to check out what we're accomplishing in and through our partnerships with parents and the local church right here in San Diego. Visit us at awakenacademysd.com and cvcu.us, Chula Vista Christian University. You'll find helpful tools for support, community, and encouragement, including our new K-12 homeschool sports program right here in San Diego. And if you're a pastor, please DM me for help on getting your church active in the support realm. If we work all together, parents, teachers, local churches, we can shift this trajectory. Again, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks again for joining us on today's show. I'll be back next week with more of our toxic trait analysis and what you can do to break free of the system. See you then. Thanks again for joining us here on The Communication Architect. If you have questions about today's episode, or if there are topics you'd like to see us address, send your comments via Instagram to at Dunn or via email to contacts at DrLisaDunn.com. That's D-R-L-I-S-A-D-U-N-N-E dot com. And remember, strategic communication will help you build greater emotional health and relational resilience. So don't miss the next episode. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and I look forward to talking with you next time right here on The Communication Architect.